This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oh, live from New York, it's the show that thinks you're making a boss move. It's First Things First on today's show. Jerry Jones weighs in on Dak's interceptions. Surprise, surprise, he doesn't like them. Meanwhile, LeBron and AD played well but lost. Barkley's mad we're even talking about it. Is Nick right? And finally, was the narrow, squeaky, just kind of barely getting by victory from the Kansas City Chiefs over the Denver Broncos enough to put them back on top of the tiers? We'll find out in approximately a half an hour. In for Chris Broussard is Super Bowl champion Greg Jennings. And Eagles fan, Nick Wright is here with us. Oh, We're Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a lovely outfit. Oh, the, oh, the colors. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I got no problem with the Eagles. They're good. The people of Philadelphia love me. got a good relationship with them. Okay. Denver is the new Philadelphia for you. Except they're far more aggressive. Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, but we start with the Parsons podcast. The Cowboys star went on Von Miller's podcast and discussed Jalen Hurts. Take a listen. If you look at the Eagles. Is it Hurts or the team? <sighs> I think it's a little bit of both, man. I think it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's, a little, <laughs> it's, it's system and team. And, and it's Eagles Cowboys. The Eagles Cowboys coming up, ain't it? Yeah, it's coming up. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to make no enemies. I. I just like. I just love the game so much, and I understand it so much that like. I can't. I, I like. I like when things are off. I. I just can't like hold it in. Like I almost gotta say something. Like. Okay. Mm. Also on a podcast. So, <laughs> uh, your reaction? Well, listen. I don't know if Micah Parsons is the next Lawrence Taylor, as so many have said, but he might be the next Colin Cowherd. Okay. That was some cogent analysis. All right. That we that I would say a lot of professional media members could learn from, because so many folks seem to want to turn the MVP into the Heisman Trophy of the early 2000s, where it's like, who's the best team? Who's their quarterback? Um, Jason White, you win the Heisman. Chris Winkie, you win the Heisman. No. So, listen, Jalen has been excellent, and he's been particularly outstanding at not turning the ball over, and he deserves massive credit for that. And the leap he has taken, which I won't go as far as some to say it's the biggest leap I've ever seen any athlete take at any point in my entire career, it is a hell of a leap. That he has taken. So I will give him credit for that. But nobody thinks, I don't believe, he is carrying his team the way the other leading MVP candidate, and I do not say this because I'm a Chiefs fan, but because he is the other candidate, the way Patrick Mahomes is carrying his. Nobody thinks Jalen Hurts is the system in Philadelphia when Patrick Mahomes is proving to be exactly that. And... When you look at Greg recent MVPs or even you don't even just any MVPs really but we go recent they have been the system Rodgers Rodgers Lamar Mahomes Brady it was not simply oh he's the quarterback of the best team it's he's the reason that team goes and while Jalen's been excellent to me it, what Mike is saying is absolutely correct I agree with a lot of what Mike is saying but for me when I look at Jalen Hurts it's easy for us to just say, you know what? He's only done it this year, and we can get excited about it. But for me, it's what he's doing. You can't just have any quarterback that's on the other 31 teams, insert him in that offense and say they would be much better. That's unrealistic because how they run the ball is predicated on who he is as an individual. Now, when you talk about a good marriage, like, Two people play a role in that. You got to have a scheme and you got to have a player that can run that scheme. If the player that runs that scheme is not good enough in that scheme, Russell Wilson, then you better change either the player or the scheme. 
Jalen Hurts has a good scheme, and he just happens to be a player that's in that good scheme that is playing outside his mind. And he started last year. He just didn't have the additional pieces. When Dak Prescott didn't have Amari Cooper, and now you see Jalen Hurts with the A.J. Brown, he has improved, not only in the running game and their running attack, but all everything that he does now has been impressive. So I'm not quick to say he's not. He's the MVP guy. Again, I'm with you on Patrick Mahomes being the front runner for me. But Jalen Hurts, it is because of the system, but it's large in part because he's of been his play. I'm, and I just want to make it very clear. I am not trying. While I don't believe in the Eagles as the favorites to win the Super Bowl, the way yeah. the record says in so many people, I am not trying to take away from Jalen. Well, I, think, I think he's been excellent. But I do not think he compares favorably this season if we want to make it just about this season, which I know many people believe the MVP race has to be singular to the year. There can be no legacy attached to it, all of that. For this season, I do not think he compares favorably to one quarterback. And that one quarterback is the guy who should win league MVP, and that's Patrick Mahomes. All right, so before we talk about you know, the merits of what he said, did you actually like him saying it? Because this is not, and I know you view it, you have cogent analysis. I shouldn't say that. Thanks. I view a lot of stories through the prism of the Patriots. I'm like, this is not something the Patriots would want out there of just talking about your opponent two weeks from now and kind of taking an unnecessary shot at them. Um, are you okay with Micah Parsons giving the Eagles some bulletin board material, Jalen Hurts system quarterback? Well, I don't, I don't think it was really bulletin board material. Like, you don't think that, you think Jalen Hurts like, oh, no, he Micah Hurts. Michael Parsons said something nice about me. He asked, he asked Von Miller, "Do you is it is it hurts or is it the system?" I understand how he said it. It could potentially be bulletin board material, but you got to understand, this is an NFC East rival. Like I'm not gonna when in 2008, when everybody in the world knew Adrian Peterson was the best back and the best player on the field every mm-hmm. single day. You wouldn't have caught me sitting down across from anyone interviewing me talking about, yeah, Adrian Peterson is MVP. No, I'm, I see that he's, he puts on his pads just like we put on his pads. He's a good player. But, man, that offensive line creates a whole lot of holes for him, the uh, opportunities for him. They're doing a great job of getting the hat on the hat. Like, I'm going to deflect off of that player. That's what Michael Parsons is doing. Uh, so, no, he didn't. Oh, Greg, yeah, I got a different read on that. Well, go ahead. I, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm, I'm f- not furious, but I'm like, okay, we beat you once. We're going to beat you again. And this seems very Cowboys-esque to walk into a bunch of headlines, just like all the OBJ headlines. There just seems to be a lot so of I, unnecessary noise. We saw, just quickly for you, yeah. we saw the Chiefs walk into this with the Bengals. It was just a little bit of nothing, but the Bengals got fired up, yeah. and they – and, you for it. and our resident Eagles fan, Dusty, just told me C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Eagles second corner, has our safety now, I guess, has already quote tweeted the video. And so they, they are going to make it into, I guess, what you're talking about. But to me, this is, again, an example of how what, what he is doing is complimenting 52 guys on the roster. He is what he is doing is talking about that the team as a whole is more responsible for the success than just the quarterback. Maybe it is bulletin board material for Jalen. It is also true, which is why the MVP discussion is so frustrating to me. Because this would be ludicrous if he were talking about Mahomes. Agreed? If he was talking to Von Miller and he was like, ah, let's be honest. Is it Creed Humphrey and Juju Smith-Schuster, or is it Patrick Mahomes? Nobody knows. It would, it would be outrageous. But when he says it about Jalen Hurts, he's correct. And it's, again, it, I guess it is kind of taking something away from him, but all it is taking away from him is saying that you are – the team has built a system around your very specific skill sets. You are making the most of it. And they are doing, they are great on defense. They have a great offensive line. They have a great running game. They went out and sp- traded up in the first round for Devontae Smith, then traded another first round for A.J. Brown. They have done a lot of things to make this work, which is why we have seen this type of leap. I, I think it is spot on analysis that I'm surprised is coming from a pass rusher as opposed to a talk show host, but it is. I, I think Jalen Hurts going to cook him up. Okay. I think it's going to be. Well, well maybe that's what. Can I ask He's definitely going to use it. What, yeah. Right, but what that's if that's, if we want to go like third level, 
What if that's exactly what the Cowboys want? For Jalen Hurts to make that game about a Jalen Hurts game, as opposed to what Philadelphia has been doing, which is complimentary football on all sides. What if the Cowboys were like, we would love if he drops back to pass 40 times and we can tee off with our pass rushers and get you out of what you've been doing all year? I'm not saying that's why he said this, but I, I don't think the Cowboys He's would be upset in, if Jalen goes he, into a game saying, saying you made this about me. I'm no, but he's just up. like super locked in. He had that video where like everyone's selling. He's just. I'm with you there. He's got eyes on the prize. Uh, other audio out of Dallas. It's Jerry Jones talking about Dak's interceptions. Take a listen. Are you concerned with the amount of interceptions he's thrown lately, or or do you like the aggressiveness? Well, what if I said yes? Okay. <laughs> the definition of aggressiveness uh, doesn't have to include uh, uh, turnovers. It does not have to include that. Aggressive does not. And uh, I do like aggressiveness without the turnovers. Yeah, I like gambling without the losing. Craig, <laughs> uh, what was your take on it? Yes, Dak is. I, when you when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, are you concerned with that? That's that's my main concern. Why? Because when Cooper Rush was under center, what was the number one thing we talked about? Just don't turn the ball right. over. Let yeah. the defense win the game. When Dak came back, week seven. He threw 25 times. There's been one other time he's thrown 25 times. Both of those games, his first game against Detroit, no interceptions. The other game, uh, 25, 25 attempts that he had, no interceptions. Every other game that he's, th he's thrown more attempts, interception in every other game. So if they lose, it's not because their offense hasn't assisted in them losing. It is because their offense has assisted in Dak. Seven inter or eight interceptions is dead last in the league since week seven. You right. can't do that to your defense. You're giving, your, you're giving that yeah. opponent another possession, and your defense isn't having the opportunity to rest and be who they have been all season long, which is why you've been successful. So I'm going to throw a little curveball at you, Wiles, because okay. when we talked about this before the show, I said, eh, my biggest concern with Dallas same it's been the last couple of years, Mike McCarthy. And I hate to do it when Greg's out here because Greg loves Mike McCarthy, won a Super Bowl with him, but that was my gut reaction. It was Mike McCarthy. We saw the playoff game ended last year. We saw the clock management stuff and penalty stuff. That is my kind of just sitting, you know, in the, in the corner of the room when we're ever talking about the Cowboys that I'm worried he's going to come out and scare you. But then I looked further at Dak's numbers on the season. And they are pretty jarring. Mm -hmm. So I would like to do one of those blind reveals I like so much. Oh, you love these. Here's Dak. For the, one of these people is Dak Prescott. So, And these guys have played roughly the same amount of games. Would you agree these numbers are almost identical with the guy on the right being a touch better? One more touchdown, two fewer picks, slightly better rating. Yards, yards per pass, completion percentage, basically identical. Agreed? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, show who those two people are. Because the guy on the left is Dak, and the guy on the right is Andy Dalton. That's not great. And now, I do not believe, Wilds, this is an Achilles heel for Dallas, because we know Dak has the ability to be far better than Andy Dalton does, and we know that Dak, you know, he has played an A-plus level playoff game. He did it as a rookie. He's played one other very good playoff game since then. So it's not like he doesn't have it in him to be good in the biggest spots. So I, I, it is not something that I think is a definite thing that's going to hold them back. But it is concerning that one could argue this has been the worst year of Dak's career. That right now the Cowboys, when you are listing reasons they're winning, how far down the list would you have to get until you got to quarterback play over the nice. totality of the season? I, I, you'd list the defense, you'd list the running game, list a lot of things before you got to how the quarterback is playing, which is odd because they score so many points. But I do think that is a legitimate concern. I don't know if I want to call it their biggest concern, yeah. but I certainly think it's a legitimate concern because the sample size is growing. All right, so this is highest interception percentage this season's Justin, Justin Fields, who some people had in the MVP race, is first. Dak is second. Greg, you talked about Cooper Rush, that the offense was pretty bland. And we're like, when Dak comes, open it up. Do you think it should take a step back and the offense should look a little more Cooper Rush-ish? Rush Ish. Ish. Yeah. Cooper, Cooper Rush ish. Ish. Yeah. Uh, moving forward. No, I don't think they need to take a step back. I just feel like what Dak has done, it can eventually bite them in the postseason. Yeah. Because anytime you're losing the turnover battle, and they're they have a defense that creates 
a lot of turnovers. Yep. But you you give the ball right back, that's demoralizing. And that's what Dak has done. And he's never been this guy. He's never been this Correct. guy in his career. He's never been a high interception guy. So for this to now all of a sudden creep in when your offense has always been kind of out front and Dak has been the face of that and the reason why. Now your defense is out front and Dak is kind of the reason why your offense isn't really excellent. And, and let's be honest, Dak got absolutely bailed out by his defense against the Texans no after he threw that it. pick. Now we all say, go ahead, Wilds. Then he did had a 98-yard correct. Did. No, no, no. So that's exactly what I was – so we all gave – I think we all gave the Cowboys credit for after getting that stop, gathering themselves, driving 98 yards. Yeah. Dak was a big part of that, and that, you know, that won them the game. But that drive would have been meaningless. It wouldn't have happened from the, in that context if not for some great plays by Dallas's defense. Yes. The, the, I forget who it was, uh, 91 for the Cowboys. It came all the way yeah. across the field to stop them on second down just short. I still think Texans probably should have challenged it. Then the stop on third down, the stop on fourth down. The reason I bring it up is this. If any of those Texans inches away from the end zone plays end up scoring a touchdown, the story is Dak Prescott gave that game away. That's right. The story is Dak Prescott threw an interception inside his own 10-yard line, his second bad one of the game, but a crushing one against a one-win, lifeless Texans team and lost them the football game and would have lost them any chance they had of winning the division. And so you do get credit for the fact that once the defense got the stop, mm -hmm. you then went and scored. But it was just good luck on Dak's behalf that they got that stop. They, he, he had nothing to do with the fact that he got a second chance there. And if he hadn't gotten that second chance, then I think it wouldn't just be Jerry Jones, you know, talking about the turnover concerns. No, smart. The other way to avoid interception, screen passes behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Some people think it's a good yeah, idea, Greg. Right? Yeah. Hey, coming up next, talking Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs' divorce. The story that will never end. Next, first things first. Let's take a little trip to Club Shay Shay, if you'd like. Oh, I'd love to. It's Second best podcast. I would actually love to. On the Fox Sports the podcast chairs. network. Chairs. Well, yours the best podcast? Well, I didn't What's say right? that, but thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. It is that. excellent. Uh, Tyreek Hill is happily in Miami and not talking about his time with the Chiefs anymore. Just kidding, Greg. <laughs> He's back to this storyline. He wanted more targets. Take a listen. Football is a team sport, right? Correct. And it would be some games where, like, I get two targets. I get three targets. And we'll go into meetings and my coach will be like, hey, we, we got to get you involved. We got to get you involved. So I talked to Coach Andy Reid and I'm like, Coach, like, I don't even need to be the highest paid receiver. I just want to be taken care of and I want to stay, you know, with Kelsey. I want to stay with Pat. I want to stay with my brother. So you had that conversation to end it. Look, I had that take conversation care of your boy and you, I'm here. Just, just take care of your boy, man. Just make me 25 M's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Match me with A.J. Brown and I'm cool with that. We actually told Kansas City what Miami offered, and Kansas City was like, nah, we just going to trade them. So then I was like, okay, bet. Like, that, that really goes to show how valuable I am to them. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, listen, I, I, as, in my life as a sports fan, Tyree Kill is one of my favorite athletes to watch. He helped deliver my team a Super Bowl, which was unthinkable when I was growing up, and he is one of the most unique players yes. I've ever seen in the sport. He is also not a reliable narrator, even of his own story. So a couple just points of order before we get to the merits of this. A.J. Brown got paid more than a month after Tyreek Hill was traded. So unless Tyreek Hill had some time machine where he knew what A.J. Brown was going to get from the Tennessee Tire, from the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not certain how he went to the Chiefs and said, match me up with A.J. Brown. Because A.J. Brown was on a rookie deal when Tyreek got traded. That's first of all. Second of all, Tyreek Hill in the last two years prior to this year, his last two years with Kansas City, there were three times he had three or fewer targets in a game. They were they all they won all the games by the way. The one time, week 18 last year against Denver, yep. when Tyreek got hurt, so he went out of the game. 
The other time, week 16 last year against Pittsburgh, when Kansas City opened the game up 30 to nothing, and they sat him for the second half of the game. And the one other time was a win against Buffalo when the Chiefs ran the ball 46 times for nearly 300 yards. It's one of Mahomes' lowest passing performances. So they won them all, and it never happened. It happened once when he was healthy and it wasn't a blowout, a game against Buffalo when Buffalo was daring him to run, so they ran. So that all of that's not true. With that said, <laughs> with, that said with all that said, if the true. question is, did the Chiefs make a mistake trading Tyreek? Guys, they traded Tyreek because they believed they have such a special player at quarterback. They can lose the scariest, most dynamic receiver in the league, and the offense won't take a step back. They were correct. The offense is better this year than it was last year. It's more efficient, scores more points, and Mahomes has been better. They also then said, we need to allocate our resources to the defense via draft picks and salary cap capital. They haven't done the salary cap part yet. That'll probably be this offseason. They're starting four rookies on defense. Now, there's some drawbacks to that, as you can see at times with the passing touchdowns they're giving Mm -hmm. up. But even with allocating those resources, defense still might not be good enough. So they obviously, I I, I think it is, this is a win-win for both teams, Greg. Oddly, I think the only loser in it, and small loser, is Tyreek. Because I think Tyreek misses Patrick. You think? And I think he misses the Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> Even I agree. though the, the Dolphins agree. are everybody's, you know, they, they were everybody's kind of trendy team, and, and Tyreek was calling two of the most accurate passers he's ever seen, I think he misses being in that offense with that quarterback, and now we're kind of recreating history. I agree with a lot of what you said on the front end. I don't agree with the back end of him oh. missing the okay. Chiefs. I don't believe he misses the Chiefs because he's in, a, he's in a situation where he is featured. He is the number one guy. That's what he wants. Clear. It, I mean, he speaks it. He says He's telling us, I wanted to have the ball all the time. That's basically what he's saying. All of your points about his targets, when I looked that up, I was blown away. Yeah. <laughs> I was that absolutely that's blown away. Not true. No, I was that, that absolutely blown away. Like things up. Feels like it. No, 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 no. I felt like I only had a handful no, 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 of no, targets. No, 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 Like I mean, no. I felt like it, and it was actually true when I played. <laughs> like it was a fact. But what I also understood was there was so many other guys that. I was lining up with that I knew we would be successful. So it would look selfish if I was complaining about the ball. What, what, the question, let me focus on the question. Did the Chiefs make a mistake trading? Absolutely not. The reason why is because of what you said. When you have a young quarterback and you believe he is the most central pillar piece of what you do as far as your success and determining your success, you build around that. I don't care how great players are around. you got to continue to provide him with what he needs. The necessity for Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, was not Tyreek Hill. He made, there were a match made in heaven. But he was the greatest the most, luxury in the league. The most important piece for him has always been Travis Kelsey. And if you, as long as you have Travis Kelsey, you can build around that. What we've seen Patrick Mahomes do, you talked about them being efficient. The level of efficiency that we see them playing with now is what makes them so scary because it's not just Travis Kelsey or uh, Tyreek Hill. It's literally everybody who is a skilled guy. They possess the ball longer now because of – and again, I'm not – this is not a knock on Tyreek because he was such a special player. If he was still with the Chiefs, they would still be great. But because – Andy Reid is so good at what he does. They did a great job of giving the one of the best quarterbacks in the game the support and the skilled guys that he need around him. They were going to be good regardless. So why pay him all that so, money and not have the luxury of goods? So I think Nick is right. And one of the best parts about Shannon's podcast and even the Von Miller podcast that we talked about in the previous segment is – there's a level of honesty when it's just it's two not player athletes. media yep. and it's two players. And you could see that there was some hurt there. He's like, okay, bet. That's what I'm worth. And right now, Greg, when you look at the numbers, he should be happy. But he didn't say, you know what? 
that I had a great time over there. I didn't quite, the money didn't quite work out, but it's all good because you know what? My targets are up, my receptions are up, my yards, yards are, are way up. Yeah. And, and you know, it's all good, Shannon. Thanks for inviting me on Club Shay Shay. It wasn't. <laughs> there was a little bittersweet tone to it. So, no, I agree with that part of it. What I'm saying is, I, without saying it, is Tyreek Hill is selfish. Oh, like that's all I'm. That. What you're saying like, is he would if you if he, he was he already won a ring. Yeah, he's won at a high level. He, yes, ideally he would lo- love to be on the best team and be the most productive receiver. But you got to choose one. Yeah, you think Tyreek's choosing? Yeah. I'd like to set the absolutely. Y- so he wants to, he wants to be over here. Those he wants things. to be where he's at. Yeah, I, I I am very very interested if Tua's slump continues. How. Tyreek feels at the end of the year because this past weekend's game was an odd one because Tyreek had two sensational plays with Tua having the worst game you could possibly mm-hmm. have. Tua made one nice pass and yeah. man coverage the whole game. Finding and, balls on the ground. And well, well, that was the second. That was the first one. And, and then this, the 60-yard catch and then also very lucky. Or I shouldn't say lucky. It was a great play by Tyreek, but fortunate he was in the right place, right time, took it to the house. If if Tua continues to struggle, Tyreek's numbers will go down. Yeah. And I'm very curious what how, how that's going to land with Cold him. in Buffalo this weekend. Yeah. Watch Snowy, out. too. Uh, Tyreek also talked about taking on the Chiefs in the playoffs. Take a listen. Let's just say for the sake of argument, you play the Chiefs in the playoffs. You try to go for three? They better have two people on me. That's all I know. <laughs> the, cheetah, the Cheetah will be arriving in Kansas City or in Miami. I don't care where I'll be at. Okay, so this is the playoff picture right now. The Chiefs would actually be playing America's team, and the Dolphins would be playing the Ravens. But if it switched around, which I expect it once the Patriots get a little hot, okay. the Dolphins cool off. Uh, what was your? How many guys are you going to put? Because your defense is terrible. You might have to put three okay. people on. All right. First of all, again, Tyree Kill, I love him. Not a super reliable narrator. Are there a lot of teams that don't put two people on Tyreek Hill? <laughs> or is he just getting single covered? And like, is that what's happening? Maybe I haven't been grinding the all 22 yeah, with you and Josh. Josh enough. But I would imagine most teams have a corner <laughs> and a safety over the top when it's the fastest yeah. player maybe in the history of the NFL. But that's just me. But if you're asking me, should Kansas City be scared of the Dolphins? They, the answer is obviously no. And I have a list for you. For oh, life. I love it. Of all the teams that could make the playoffs, my fear factor ranked one Ooh, through last. Eat eyeballs. So there, so there it is. Oh. Bengals scare me the most. Then the Chargers. I'll explain that in a moment. Then the Ravens and the Bills. The Dolphins are fifth. Oh, come on. Titans, Jets, and then the Patriots would be better than a bye, which is no fear whatsoever. In fact, it would be better than a bye, better than not playing. I get it. Yeah, get some we get what it means. Okay. You don't need to Sorry. explain it. It's clever. So... The reason that I have those four teams ahead of the Dolphins, the Bills, because the Bills, to me, have a defense that can slow the Chiefs' offense down and an explosive offense. The Ravens are scarier than them because there is an element with the Ravens where if their offense gets rolling, yeah. it feels like there's nothing you can do. Now, do you or do you have confidence it's going to get rolling? Not necessarily. But if you tell me Lamar's going to play an A-plus game, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's beating them. The Chargers scare me just because they, every game is the three-point game against them. And the Chiefs have already beat them twice. I feel like it's kind of hard to beat a good team three times. And the Bengals scare me for the reason of the Chiefs never beat them. Yeah. Under Mahomes. Yeah. So I would... So I, I, do you think it's fair to say those four teams are scarier than the Dolphins? To me, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I got to touch on your list really quick because yeah. the Bills, you kind of touched me with that. What? Because you said if the Ravens, mm-hmm. if you're telling me Lamar plays an A-plus game, yeah. then yeah. they're much – well, what if Josh Allen plays an A-plus he, game? He probably leaves crying after blowing the game. No, stop it. I saw stop him play it. an A-plus game and they lost. Literally stop saw it. it. And he stop made, it. He, he, stop he, it. He wrote so, a letter to the league and they changed the rules, please. But, changed the rules. I saw him play an A-plus game and he lost. I do agree with your Chargers with, when it comes to the Chargers. Anytime you have to play a team three times and they're a division opponent, they know you best. Like that's and just, you've beaten them twice. That's I, just I always hard. feel like it'd be better. That's if just hard. The Bengals, yeah. they want no problem with the Bengals. I don't want but the Tyree Bengals. going back. If it were to happen, the Chiefs better be on my. They better be on it's, high alert. I just don't mind. think the Dolphins' defense could slow the Chiefs down at all. I just that's the where I no 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 I'm, I'm not talking about yeah. worried about losing but as far as Tyreek oh, Tyreek having a because again game. It, that's all that it, 
if they lost, I don't think Tyreek cares if he goes for a buck 60 and two touchdowns. I'm just being honest. Like, I did my thing. He, exactly. That's the way I feel about this show sometimes. Like, you guys weren't that good, but I cooked out there. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Hey, coming up next, it's Nick's Tears. First things first, next. Not like Josh Allen's tears. That's T E A R S. This is T I E R S. Last night, an elite group of scholars, charlatans, and gentlemen wearing Gucci sweater sweatshirt combinations. <laughs> Met in the city that never sleeps to burn the midnight oil and concoct what is known worldwide as the best segment in all of sports television. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an honor, it's a privilege. It's time for Nick's Tears! Thank you so much, Kevin Wilds. That might be the best intro yet. Week 15 tears. Oh, where has the time gone? We start, as we always do, with the eliminated tier. And this week, we unveil a new group entirely. That eliminated tier might look smaller than before. I'll what? explain that momentarily. I'll explain momentarily. The Cardinals, by the way, that's the lowest they've ever been. The Rams up to the top row of the eliminated tier thanks to the friskiness of one Baker Mayfield. Now a new group, Fan Purgatory. These four teams are eliminated. However, the non-committee media has tried, will try to convince fans that their teams are alive. The Lions, oh, one and six to the playoffs. The poor Jags and the Prince that was promised only two games out and though the NFC South wide open. So while these teams are eliminated, their fans, unfortunately, are given false hope over the next couple weeks, thinking they could make the playoffs when, in fact, they cannot because they, of course, have already been eliminated. Now to the actual teams, <laughs> tiers, teams that are still alive. Remember the kid, good job, good effort kid? Yeah. That's how I feel about the Seahawks, Jets, and Giants. It's a good job. You know, good job. <laughs> I'm being totally sincere like that child was 15, 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get to the finish line most likely. Maybe one or two of you will, but probably not. And if you do get to the finish line, you're going to be all out of breath and collapse there. But no matter how the season ends, all three of these teams have already had good years. All three of these teams will go into next season feeling optimistic, and all three of these teams should feel like they did a good job this year. What about year. Zach Wilson real next. quick? Oh, Zach Wilson, he should you know, probably be looking for real estate elsewhere. Next, <laughs> GOAT respect. Let's go. That's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Oh, These teams are not good. However, because of the respect we have for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, they cannot be crossed off entirely. And if they were, in the, the Patriots' case, to sneak into the playoffs and not have to face the Chiefs in round one, they would actually be a little scary Let's for a go. team because of the Belichick schematic advantage. Similar to Tom Brady could scare someone even though the team has not looked good all year. Ah, I guess. That's these teams. Reveal the next tier, please. The Titans in Washington. Uh, We play hard-nosed football, and we're well-coached, and we run the ball, and blah, 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 blah. Just go away. Nobody, it's 2022. Next. Getting exposed. Mmm. These are not the standards. We've told you that time and again. When folks demanded we respect the Giants. And then folks demanded that we respect the Vikings. However, we will admit we are not flawless at the committee. There was a brief moment in time where we bought into the hype and the sparkly new nature of the Miami Dolphins. However, that was a time long ago. Since then, what we have seen is both of these teams have obvious clear-cut flaws. For the Vikings, it is oddly not Kirk Cousins, who isn't having a great year, but the offense has been fine. But that defense is horrible. And their one-score game luck is ending quickly as they end the season with a better record than the team probably deserves. And the Dolphins, we know what's happened to them over the last 10 days. The question is, when will they win again? And will they win again over the next few weeks? Next! So here's the next tier is scares everyone. And everyone is in caps because I'm including their own fans. (laughs) These teams are very good teams at times. However, you have no idea what you're getting from them, and you do not, do not know in any given week if they are going to shoot themselves in the foot. However, when they are clicking, they both have excellent defenses, they both have a quarterback that scares you when Lamar gets back healthy, and they both have had playoff experience with these current groups, so that should be scary to their opposition, but also scary to their own fans. High ceiling, low floor teams. 
wild variances. Nobody looks forward to playing either of these teams, but neither of these teams can look, go into any game and say, oh, chalk that one up, that's a win, because their floors have been so low, but the ceilings are, wait, do they have the second best quarterback in the league? Do they have the scariest offense in the league? So high ceiling, low floor. Next group, GMs of the year. John Lynch and Howie Roseman take a bow. You have built 53-man rosters that are the envy of the entirety of the league. We will give the nod even more to uh, Howie Roseman in this regard. The Niners have done it through savvy drafting and through the trading away of their own draft picks. The Eagles have done it, and they have extra draft picks, including the Saints draft pick coming back to them, which could be a top-five pick. Those rosters are outstanding. Right now, that looks like the prohibitive favorite to be the NFC title game. Moving the goalposts. That is where the Kansas City Chiefs are. They are not at the top of the tiers, but the committee must admit we're disappointed in our colleagues in the media continually moving the goalposts on this team. Whether it is, oh, you know, that's going to be the toughest division ever and they might not win it to, oh, Patrick Mahomes undefeated in the division again. Who cares? The, The offense. There's a very savvy media member maybe on this show. I think they're going to miss Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill's a good player. And now, when the team scores more points than last year, it's like, ah, old news. Up 27-0 on a divisional opponent. And yet, it's discussed as if the Chiefs nearly lost that game. The goalposts keep moving. That is, you know, such is life. And then finally, run the table. And that is the top team, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. I would like to show you the Bengals' schedule. Because they have a very odd and interesting opportunity if they were to run the table. Wow. Now, it's a very difficult way. But if they were to run the table, they have already beaten, if you look on their schedule, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, if they run the Titans, they have a chance to go into the playoffs having beaten literally every team that makes the playoffs in the AFC. Something that I don't know that I've ever seen done. Now, they did not play the Chargers and will not play the Chargers, so the Chargers getting in could screw it up. But every other eligible playoff team, they have either already beaten or an opportunity to beat if they were to run the table. They also right now are the best team in football. There is the committee series for Week 15, Greg Jennings. So, I'm done with challenging the committee. I just... I I, I really am. Uh, Because I know who they are and what they're all about. They're all about the AFC and making sure that the Kansas City Chiefs have some sense of respect. That's just who the committee is cheering for. We get it. The Bengals at 9-4, although I like the Bengals, sit atop of the tiers just because they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles, however... GM and you were very creative committee members of your titles for these, but one of our the Eagles are and I know this isn't the standing. Twelve and one, mm-hmm. they have everything you want, oh, and they've that. shown everything that you could possibly show to improve as a team and to show that they are the best team in the NFL. Yeah. What don't they do well? No, they do everything well. They do everything well, as do the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's. Interesting to me how the Eagles yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are so low on your well, tears. That, I mean, so and I will say this la- lastly, yeah. I believe it's just because they're in the NFC. The committee does not, not respect oh. the NFC That's teams. just not true. Well, it the is NFC very true. Is the when the Vikings were having a run, they, yeah. the committee always found yeah. questions. To call the the Eagles were undefeated, and there was always questions. I know it's not the standing. I, oh, do you? I do. I do not know if you know it's I don't want to argue. <laughs> I'm just pointing out the facts. Okay. Well. Like, I get it. The, you want the, the standings. The Bengals are so scary to the USA. Chiefs. Go to your local newsstand and pick up a copy of the USA Today. Standings. And turn to page C4, <laughs> and you can look right there. There's the standings. Not Unfortunately. Standings. So why are the Eagles? Why are the Eagles 12-1? and Where they Because are. they're not no, as good no, as the Chiefs no. or the Bengals. Why are they where they are? I mean, well, because the, the only argument for them is the standings. The argument against them is everything the committee has discussed in our meetings, which you were invited to, especially because you were invited to be a part of the committee, and you're now in New York City, and once again, you didn't show up. So I'm not going to make you privy to our proprietary algorithm (laughs) when you could have been a part of it, but you didn't. So, Wilds, go ahead. Okay, I have a petition here, Greg. I know it's not the standings. I'm well aware of it, but I would like this little team 
little team that could oh, you, to move. Promise? No, I, was, I thought out. about it. I thought about it. I instead went with the Lions. For reason number one, okay. they're straight up winning games. And I know it's not the standing. It's also not power rankings. I'm well aware of that. However, they've won five of their last six, and they've got very winnable games against losing teams. Yes, and I know they do. you're thinking, like, hold on a second. The Packers got a losing record. I could see that. That might be a Jordan Love game. Justin Fields, which some people had in the MVP race, that's a winnable <laughs> game. Uh, you got the Panthers, that's a winnable game. You got the Jets, who are not a good team. I saw you're like, oh, no, no, seven and six, not the standings. Also, the record doesn't matter. Patriots pull you guys out twice. Number reason, reason number two, Jared Goff. I know you're more of a neck guy than a hands guy. But when you look at the numbers for Jared Goff, if we can throw him up, Dusty, just for the record, let you guys behind the curtain, Dusty doesn't actually throw up the graphics. He just makes them. <laughs> or he's like, Dusty, put it up. So whoever's putting up the graphics, I'm sorry, it's not Dusty. It wouldn't be a coincidence if the person's name was also Dusty. I didn't know. <laughs> Completion percentage, better than Mahomes. Passing yards, better than Dak. More passing touchdowns than Josh Allen, a better passer rating. Oh, this is since week eight. Okay. Well, yeah. Like no, no, no. I like that. That was fine. No, no, no. I think it was like on it. a down. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Patriots is a little like bit that. rough. I like it. And finally, a little bit of accidental creativity from Dan Campbell and his coaching staff. We saw this play from Panay Sewell, and we're like, wow, is that the most beautiful play I've ever seen? Mina Kimes drew a beautiful painting of it. Mm-hmm. Well, today, or perhaps yesterday, uh, Dan Campbell went on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, yeah. And this is what he said. The fans are doing a wave around the stadium. So I'm just watching, and I hear Ben Johnson, OC, say, Hey, coach, you want to do blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And I'm so focused on the wave, I say, Yeah, that's fine. And I look up, and we're throwing it to Panay, and I'm like, What the blank are we doing? <laughs> well, it worked out. Yeah. So I feel like lo- okay. Lady Luck is on the lion's side. Okay. And just, I know it's not the standings. But so, some, some power rankings have them a little bit higher than Okay, you. so a couple things. One is, I like Dan Campbell, but you remember how Nat Hackett hired the guy to do the decision stuff for him? Yeah. Hired the guy to, you know, be the head coach but not in name for the Denver Broncos? The Lions might need one of those. I, it's not because he missed this play call, but one of the reasons that I, that I and the committee don't believe the Lions are going to end up winning seven of eight games to surge into the playoffs. He's focusing on the wave? Is because his in-game stuff, even last week, he made the same mistake that he made to lose the Vikings game the last time, which is kick an unnecessary super long field goal at the very end of the game. Now, they made it this week, so that part makes me nervous. And lastly... For the when it comes to lines, this where I will give them their credit. One of the things we do with the committee is we do a separate tiers that don't make the show. Really? Of just the last month. If just the last month, it helps us kind of build out the entire thing. And the Detroit Lions came in on the just the last month portion, seventh in the NFL. You should put that on the podcast. Well, a little bonus content. Yeah, a little bonus content. You know, we'll think about that. That's the type of thing, Greg, you would know if you showed up at the committee meeting. Instead, his chair is just sitting okay. there empty every, every Tuesday evening. Coming up next. You make some good points, though, about the line. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, and there will be a new podcast promo read next oh, time. You're promoting your promo reads? Well, all right, you, you're flying too close to the sun. Welcome back to the show. You know, the most valuable present you can give this holiday season is your time. Download the podcast and play the latest episode on a cross-country trip to visit a long-lost friend. You sure will be glad once you get there and you see the smile on their face. <laughs> Where have you been? What? I thought of you. And I played the First Things First podcast all the way here. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your uh, podcasts. Can I tell America something? Wilds was staring at Greg yes. the entire time he read that, and Greg refused to look at him. <laughs> Greg just stared in the Metal Bucks Bucks Warriors. Giannis can't stop him. Coast to coast. Bucks win. Warriors 2 and 12 on the road. Yeah, I, the I know. The only worst road team is the Frisky Magic. Half game out of being out of the plan. Like God, I, almost as bad as the Lakers. Oh, well, we'll get to the Lakers in a moment. Bronze medal, James Harden. 21. Seven, 15 assists, and five steals. Let's go, James. As the Sacramento Kings do not get to light the beam for two reasons. One is they lost. The other reason the game was in Philadelphia. Silver medal, LeBron. 33-9-9 in a devastating overtime loss to the Boston Celtics. Well, devastating because they're up by 13 with three and a half minutes left. They're being down by 21. What an odd game. We'll discuss it. And then a gold medal from that game. LeBron was outstanding. Anthony Davis was very, very good. 
Jason Tatum was the best player last night. Jason Tatum, 44-9-6 in that overtime victory over the Los Angeles Lakers as the Celtics get an important win after losing to the Warriors, getting crushed by the Clippers, nearly blowing a 20-point lead to the Lakers. There is the podium from last night in the NBA, Kevin. Let's dig in on the Celtics-Lakers. Sure. Uh, I thought LeBron and AD played pretty well. Here's that dunk again. Especially not bad for a 12 seed. Charles Barkley was very upset at halftime. Here he is. It's a conspiracy. Uh, and then we got all these clowns on television have to talk about them every day. A conspiracy? It's a conspiracy. Like, we have to talk about the Lakers. The Lakers are awful. We don't talk about no other 14 seed. Uh, well, sorry, they're not a 14 seed. They're a 12 seed. We don't talk about what's the 12 seed in the East. We don't ever talk about the Washington Wizards, do we? <laughs> we do not. No. <laughs> I did, I, you know what? I, showed, I did show some Kuzma highlights. The That's other day. true. Uh, does he have a point? That was at halftime, so they did come back. Well, listen, he has a point, but he also there. The, it'd be one thing if we if the Lakers were this bad and not interesting. I don't. I don't think they're not interesting. I did at the beginning of the year. They were just a bad, uninteresting team that had star names who were not playing at star levels. But now. They are, to me, super interesting because of this. It's not just that LeBron is rewriting the record book every single night for what a guy can do in year 20. We're numb to the fact that this guy last night, what did I say he had? 33-9-9 and was dominant, by the way, on both ends. The Tatum game-winning basket notwithstanding. LeBron once again finds himself in a position where the team can't survive the minutes without him. The Lakers, in his 43 minutes last night, were plus 10. In the 10 minutes he sat, they were minus 14. Felt like the bad Cavs teams of a few years ago after Kyrie left. But the Lakers are interesting, Greg, because they might have the best top two in the league. And they can't win because of total organizational malpractice by the front office. To have Anthony Davis playing the best ball of his life, LeBron averaging... 27, 9, and 7. Greg, LeBron and AD are averaging on the season 55, 20, and 10. Seems good. And AD might be the defensive player of the year. And they can't win games because it's Troy Brown Jr. and Patrick Beverly. And Austin Reeves is like, oh, thank God Austin Reeves is in the game. Like, Austin Reeves is the ninth man on a championship team. And for the Lakers, it's like, I think he's their fourth best player. And I don't even think it's an argument. Yeah. And so, that to me, they are interesting, Wilds. But they're, it's frustrating as to why they're interested. So, do you want to make another move? Why, why you, I told you they're upset at Palenka. I thought last night's game, like when Marcus Smart comes down and hits a three, it's like, oh, the Lakers don't have that guy. Don't have like the great thing. Like, that's who they want Patrick Beverly to be. That's who Patrick Beverly yeah, is not. Beverly. They don't have a lot of that guys. They don't have almost any that guys. They just have, they just happen to have LeBron James. So I, I love what Charles Barkley said because he's absolutely correct. But the Wizards don't have a player on their roster that is named LeBron James. I don't care if LeBron James was with the Magic. We're going to watch the Magic. Why? Because it's LeBron James. I don't care if that's the reason why we're talking about this 12th seed. And they have, to your point, they have been playing really good. They just aren't good enough, period. I mean, it's just so they, they they blow a lead against the... Against the Pacers, they had no business blowing. Last night, they had no business getting the 13-point lead, and then they had no business blowing the 13-point lead. There was the game over the weekend when they were down eight with 30 seconds left. They force overtime but lose it. Despite all of the badness of early in the year, they should right now be in the play-in, but they can't close these games out. But what I, the point that I just want to emphasize, because you said, do I want to make a move? Mm-hmm. I said on this show two and a half weeks ago, Beverly, none, and a first for Boyan Bogdanovich. And riddle me this, two days ago, Sham Sharania reported the Lakers are discussing Beverly, none, and a first for Boyan Bogdanovich. Sometimes, I, I, occasionally I get lucky and I know what I'm talking about when it comes to the Lakers. That's a trade they need to find a way to make. They need a reliable fourth option on this team that can really be the third option because Russ is kind of a person unto himself in what he's doing. Sure. And... But I, I, I don't want to turn the heat down on the front office. Because if I told you coming into a year, Russ 
was going to look like a salvaged player. True. LeBron was going to be as good as he was last year when he was all NBA and almost won the scoring title. AD was going to be the best he's ever been as a Laker. Mm-hmm. And the team is, what are they, 11-16? and 16? Mm. Hey, Why? What's the reasoning for it? Because the roster stinks. Whose job is that? The front office. So tomorrow's December 15th when most of the league is eligible to be traded. We'll see what move they make. You hope it's not too late. I hope Patrick Beverly doesn't get moved. He has to get moved. He's the only contract they can trade. Well, we have the Patrick Beverly jersey here. We can move on. I'm going to get. Was I right about that or not? About About Beverly being the the worst player in the league. Well, he missed a bad layup yesterday. I mean, he's the worst player in the Uh, league. Moving on to the Packers, Greg's favorite team. (laughs) Just lay the jersey right on. Well, you know, I always try to get in every show. It's contractual. (laughs) Uh, There's, you know, I'm not even really willing to call this a report. It was more of a pondering from Jason Wild. It's somewhere between an idea and an observation after he spent some time with Jordan Love, that Jordan Love, if he doesn't get the starting job eventually, may ask for a trade. Greg, do you think that Jordan Love should go down this route? I do. I do. Uh, First and foremost, Jordan Love should be playing. He should have been playing after they lost to the Eagles. He should be playing there, in the words of some, they're not mathematically out, but you got to see what he has. If I'm Jordan Love, and again, you said it, this may not be true, but I hope it is because he's going to apply pressure if they're not going to allow him to play. What is that doing to him? It is harming his career. Like, we don't know who Jordan Love, the other 31 other teams don't know who Jordan Love is, but he feels like I'm good enough to play somewhere, and if it's not here, let me go somewhere else and make one of these other 31 rosters, period. Mm -hmm. So if I'm Jordan Love, and if I was any player, if you believe in who you are, hold your hand up high and knock on the door, hey, get me out of here, especially when he's not playing. Wiles, it's irresponsible for them not to play him. I, the, the whole the, the football outsiders, which are smart folks, and they crunch the numbers, give the Packers a four percent chance to make the playoffs. Anything in life that if we were to tell you this is the long-term best option, this is what you need to do, but it will cost you by doing it, and it might not even cost you this, a, a one in twenty-five shot at something. You would say, okay, well, the the smart. The mature thing to do is do what is long-term healthy for me and my yep. family and my mm-hmm. franchise, even if it costs me a, a roulette spin at something awesome. And the fact that the Packers aren't doing it to placate Aaron Rodgers' either ego or how much he wants to play, I, 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 think, it's for, I, I think it is mismanagement by the franchise. One minute left in the show. We're going to talk a little bit of World Cup. The final is set. Argentina, France, France just won. Yeah. That means we have... The dream matchup. It's the dream final. Messi versus Mbappe, their teammates at PSG. Here's the tail of the tape. Messi, the GOAT, in my opinion. Mbappe, young, meteoric star. Can I say this real quick? If Messi wins this, obviously, it's the final thing missing from his resume. Yes. And people will argue. Listen, I think Pele is the greatest soccer player of all time. Mm -hmm. People will argue Messi. Messi. If Mbappe wins, he will have outshined. The beginning of Pele's career. Pele, he's, he's breaking all of Pele's World Cup records for someone under 24. Last time at the World Cup, he tied all of Pele's teenager records. The last team to win back-to-back World Cups was led by Pele, except the second of those two that he won three. The second one, he was injured and didn't get to play. Mbappe might win golden boot of this one. He scored in the final of the last one. It would be the greatest start to a soccer career even greater than Payless. Also, who had France on the panel? You did. Oh, yeah. Forgot. Hey, World Cup today coming up right now. We'll see you tomorrow.